Six years ago, I traveled halfway around the world and landed in India. I had this idea that if I went to a foreign land, I would get inspired and I'd write my first novel. And every day I'd go out to this restaurant on the beach and sit at the same table. I'd take out my designer pen, put my notebook down, and I'd sit there staring at the blank page for hours. One of these mornings, the waiter, a slender guy from Kathmandu, comes out and puts a steaming cup of chai in front of me. And he says, what would sir like for breakfast? No breakfast for me. I got a lot of writing to do. I patted the notebook as if there was a bunch of 50-cent words in there. You're not like the other American, he says. That guy's always hungry. Now, I'd heard of the other American, but I hadn't met him. He was this Texan who was, had joined the Peace Corps and was down in uh, Sri Lanka doing work, and he'd come up for a little break. The waiter bowed, retreated into the kitchen, and as soon as he was gone, I felt my stomach grumble, and I was, wished I had ordered pancakes with syrup and a crispy side of bacon. But I thought, no, not until you write at least one page. So I sat there with my notebook, as the restaurants slowly filled, the mason from Cork to my left was devouring a spinach and cheese omelet. This woman from Wales lathering butter over a sweet roll. And I thought to myself, I'll write a thriller where the cook kills customers with cuisine. <laughs> I'll call it Seven Courses of Death. <laughs> I got out my pen ready to write the idea down when out of the corner of my eye, I noticed Emma coming out of the ocean. She pranced up the beach, wrapping a sarong around herself. And as she came by my table, she said, working away? I've been at it since seven. Well, if you need a break, I'll be right over there, she said. And I looked down at my notebook, and I, I wished I had something to take a break from. <laughs> I was like... I'll write a romance novel. The main character will be so obese that his face will have gotten lost in the layers of skin and he'll no longer be able to kiss. <laughs> he'll be hauled off to the hospital and Emma, she'll clutch his hand while the doctor pumps the fat out of his gut. <laughs> I got my pen and I was, this was an amazing idea, you know. I'm gonna write it down when I see this guy jogging up the shore. As he gets close, I can tell it's the other American. He jogs up to Emma's table, stripping off his sweaty jersey. Mind if I join you? I was hoping you'd pop by. The Texan sits down, and the waiter runs over, puts a new place setting, and he tells the waiter, this morning I think I'll have steak and eggs and some hash browns. The waiter runs off to do the order. I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm like, the nerve of that guy, ordering a steak in India. Doesn't he know cows are sacred? <laughs> Emma twirls her hair, and she's like, tell me about Sri Lanka. The Texans, well, you know, the tsunami went through there and destroyed a lot of the homes. We're just trying to fix things up. 
It's wonderful you're giving back like that. I do what I can. You can tell by the way they're looking at each other that the world has kind of disappeared. And I notice their knees are almost touching. And I start to think, is she going to invite him you know, back to her room? And then I start to think, maybe she already has. Is this their post-coital conversation? <laughs> I'm so enraptured by watching them that I don't notice when the waiter comes up and puts a plate in front of me. And I don't look down until he says, does sir require ketchup? And I look down, and it's the Texan's breakfast. There's this thick steak with a tab of butter melting in the middle. And I look at the waiter, and I say, no need for ketchup. This will be fine. So I put my cloth napkin down and pick up my knife and fork. And I slice off a little piece of the meat, put it in my mouth. And the butter and grease just kind of drips down my throat. Heavenly. I just go into a frenzy, cutting the steak and eating piece after piece. I spear potatoes and plop them in my mouth. The scrambled eggs, they're like nothing I've ever tasted before. And I keep eating and eating, and each new bite tastes better than the last. When all that's left of the steak is the fat, I pick up the fat and I shove it between my cheek and teeth, and I suck on it till it's dry. I look down, there's still some grease on the plate. I run my fingers through it and lick them clean. When there's nothing left on the plate, I toss the napkin down, and I notice the waiter strolling across with a tray. There's a plain piece of toast and a fried egg, and he gives it to the Texan. The Texan looks up at him, and he's like, sorry, brother, but I ordered steak and eggs. And the waiter kind of takes a moment and then slowly he turns and looks at me. And it's like a light's gone on in his head and he's figured it out. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he takes the tray, the plate away. I stroll over to Emma and the Texan. I look at the Texan. And I say, I ate your breakfast. It was delicious. <laughs> I stroll down the path towards the hut I've rented. I'm still hungry, I'm still famished, but I'm not hungry for food. I'm hungry to write. <laughs>